Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to to uh, open your heart, open your mind, open your Bible. Praise God. And let's gather around the Word of God. Amen. This this is not a an, an option for a true Christian today. We are told in Scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourself together, but much the more, even as you see the day approaching. We should be people in the know. We're not children of the darkness, the Scriptures go on to teach, that that day should overtake us as a thief. But we are the children of light, and we should walk as those enlightened children of God. Amen. We should be in the know and in the flow. Praise God. So if you have your Bible today, please open it to James chapter 1. We're going to read in particular verse 6 through 8, and we're going to put that in context. I want to talk to you today on the subject, the power of a made-up mind, the power of of a made-up mind. Now, I I would love to have a, a whole series sometime on on your mind matters. There's an, a lot of emphasis on spiritual development and spiritual focus and spiritual things, uh, but the mind matters. We're told to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We're told to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We're told in the old covenant, as a man thinketh in his heart, we're not talking about his spirit. Context determines how heart is used. We're talking about the mind. As a man thinketh in his mind, in his heart, so is he. Amen. All right. So this is an important subject today. The Bible speaks of girding up the loins of your mind. Hallelujah. Let your loins be girt about with truth. Well, what loins are we talking about? It's talking about the loins of your mind. First thing a Roman soldier did is put on his belt, the belt of truth. The Bible calls it a man. And then everything else hinged on that belt. Hallelujah. So, friend of mine, today we're going to talk about the power, therefore, of a made-up mind. In James chapter 1, the question is asked, if any man lack wisdom, in particular concerning trials and tests, let him ask of God. Here it is. Listen to it. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. So it's not just about asking God for wisdom alone. It's the principle of asking God, of coming to God, believing that he is, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and and being single-minded when we do that. Listen to verse 6 through 8, James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. You'll see how important this is. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, 
driven by the wind and tossed. In other words, he is absolutely a victim of the circumstances of his life at any given time. He has no more control than than the wave of a sea that is determined and driven by the wind and tossed. Listen to verse 7 and 8. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You see, a double-minded man is undecided. That's why we've titled this teaching, The Power of a Made-Up Mind. A double-minded man is undecided, therefore he's unstable. Listen to Psalm 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from the children of men. Now I want to stop right there and declare something to you. There's a lot of Christian leaders that are not only failing in walking out their faith and walking out their Christian life, amen, as in terms of following Jesus, but they are renouncing the faith itself. This is a horrifying Thing to see and to witness. I never thought I would see a day when so many Christian leaders are not just failing to live out their Christian. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm talking about a perfect commitment to follow Jesus Christ. If we fall down, we get up. If we fail, we repent and go on. Amen. I'm talking about, I'm talking about living as if and, 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 and actually just denying the faith itself. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from the children of men. Listen to verse 2. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, and with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. You see, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if the heart is a double heart, it brings double-mindedness. So double-mindedness is a sickness of the heart, first and foremost. One might call it spiritual heart disease. Double-mindedness has symptoms like any other disease. The first and foremost is instability, leading to vacillating, to be, be and act one way today and to be and act some other way tomorrow. The Apostle Peter, to me, is a perfect example of double-mindedness. He boasted, I will never deny you to Christ. A day later, he swore with an oath and said, I never knew him. And that's why James 4 in verse 8 says, Purify your heart, you double-minded. Get your heart singly set, fixed, amen, <laughs> and, and it will fix your double-mindedness. When Peter fell in love with Jesus after he failed, when he loved him back for patiently pursuing him and forgiving him and still using him, Oh, friend of mine, when he fell in love with the Lord, shallow emotion was replaced with true devotion. His love for Jesus purified his heart and healed his double-mindedness. Praise God. You see, Colossians 4.22, speaking according to the flesh, listen, servants, 
Obey your masters in all things, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Friend of mine, there's another symptom, not just instability, two-faced. Doubt is another symptom of double-mindedness. And let me tell you something about doubt. It cannot be cured by just building up your faith, but rather by making up your mind to believe. See, a lot of people have faith, but they're not using the faith they have. They're not acting on the faith they have. Therefore, they're not acting on the Word of God. We need to take God at His Word. Let His Word have the full and final authority in our lives. Let God be true, and every man, including yourself, when, when God's Word comes in conflict with, with, with my reason and my logic and my thinking, I need, to, I need to set my heart on that that is true according to the Word of God. And I need to make up my mind to believe God and not the circumstance and not my symptoms and not my feelings, but what God has said and let it be final being renewed in the spirit of your mind means becoming single-minded instead of double-minded. Be no, no more conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, the scriptures declare. You see, because the heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him, Oh, and this is so important in the perilous time, in the beginning of sorrows, in the last of the last days. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And listen, this is not just meditating on the Lord, thinking about God. This is trusting in him, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I like what Corey Ten Boom said. She said, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its troubles, but it empties today of its peace. Amen. You see, friends, single-mindedness is the power of a made-up mind. Elijah, the prophet of old, challenged ancient Israel as God's covenant people in 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. Listen, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. In other words, don't be double-minded. Don't be double-minded. The Bible speaks of multitudes being in the valley of decision. I believe every person finds themselves in a valley of decision. If you're not a Christian today, you're in a valley of decision. And God urges you, amen, to, to not be double-minded, but to, to absolutely choose. He said, I put two ways before you. 
You can't be double-minded. You have to choose one or the other. You can't be on the fence. You can't straddle the fence. God will not allow it because where your soul spends eternity is too important for us to accommodate this this double-minded attitude when we hear the gospel. You need to make a choice and you need to make what many are calling a quality decision. Because if, if you don't have a made-up mind, believe me, your decision is not quality. Today, you will want to be a Christian. Tomorrow, you will you will throw, cast all of that aside, and you will run with the same crowd. You will run to the same sins. But friend of man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And we're not conformed to the world. We are renewed in the spirit of our mind. That we might walk, therefore, in the newness of life. Amen. So, this is the great question that is asked. And God says, I put two ways before you. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose life. Make up your mind and choose life. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And why will you die? Why would I die? Why would I choose death over life and cursing over blessing? And sometimes not to make a decision is a decision, isn't it? Because we are undecided. And you can't, you can't assume you're going to heaven without making a choice. And there, every choice has consequences. We are freedom, we have been given by God Almighty freedom to choose. But we must realize that every choice has consequences. The scriptures give us wisdom from the Proverbs and said there is a way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the, that man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. There is a way that seems right, and if we choose it, we immediately choose the consequences of that decision. And if the end thereof is death, and we've been forewarned about that, we need to make a different choice in our life. We're all a victim of our choices, not our circumstances. I want to say that again. Every one of us are a victim of our choices, not our immediate circumstance, because our choices have allowed for circumstances to come. God is not mocked. This is a spiritual law. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We sow the wind and we reap the whirlwind. Amen. Because God has set this spiritual law in motion and it is in effect right now. I know the devil comes to, to harm and destroy, but there is a shield of faith that we must choose to take. That's why the Bible said, take ye the whole armor of God. God has made it available. He has provided it through the death of his son. And the consequences of that death is victory for you and me. Praise God in so many areas of our life. The consequence of his resurrection and his sending the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. I, I, I love that old, that simple song that said, I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. 
Amen. So let's go back to 1 Kings. And here is the question. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. Now, the, that, that false God uh, that, that the pagans follow, follow him. It, but make up your mind. He stood in the sight of Israel before over 400 of Baal's prophets and called for single-mindedness. And guess what happened? <laughs> you don't have to guess. You can read the story. Amen. He built an altar to the Lord. He doused the sacrifice of water, digged a ditch, and filled the ditch with water so no one could claim spontaneous combustion instead of supernatural fire falling. <laughs> you know, today... Many people trying to explain away supernatural healing, supernatural deliverance. Everything concerning God, dear friend, is supernatural. And I used to hear it said when I was a young Christian growing in the Lord, we need a a holy ghost, a God sent Holy Ghost revival. That's the only true revival that there will ever be is a God sent supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when he declared the Lord to be God, the true and the living God, Jehovah, hallelujah, fire fell, supernatural fire fell. And I believe God wants to cause that supernatural fire to fall again upon the true believer in Jesus Christ and through them to everyone who needs the supernatural power of God to intervene in their heart and in their life. I believe there's going to be supernatural deliverances. I believe there's going to be supernatural healings when the fire falls. Amen. Because Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And that fire, that supernatural evidence of men and women being filled with the Holy Spirit appeared as flames of, of fire upon their heads. Not don't don't picture a candle here, someone flicking their bick, their lighter, little little bitty flame. There was some kind of aura of of the same fire that was on the burning bush when God's presence was manifest at the burning bush. A fire that was bright and brilliant, and yet the bush never burned. There's a bright and brilliant evidence. It's called the Shekinah, the glory of God that attends His manifest presence. It was the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel by night. It looked like a cloud by day, but it, but as the dark surrounded it, the brilliance of it, it became as a fire by night. Praise God. We, old, old time Christians used to sing, O Lord, send the fire just now and baptize everyone. We can't be double minded. We can't be halting between two opinions. A single minded prophet 
praise God stood up and said, Let the God that answers by fire be declared the true and the living God. And the fire fell on that doused sacrifice and consumed it and lapped up all of the water, turned it into steam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And God declared himself. As the prophet of God declared him, hallelujah, I love it, I love it, when when people prove God like that. We're in a gainsaying, doubting generation when the Christian faith is in danger of being relegated as in just one of the many world religions. A man-made God, if you please, instead of the God who made man. Listen, friend of mine, it is time. It is time to make our calling and our election sure. It's time to make up our mind. I love that song that said, I've, ma- I, 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 I've made up my mind to keep my mind stayed on Jesus. And that's based on a scripture that he will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. The Bible said of a righteous man, he will not be afraid. Listen, in this time of fearfulness and foreboding, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Hallelujah. There's no wavering. There's no vacillating. There's no double-mindedness. There's no two-facedness. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to make up our mind to follow Jesus, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and truly follow him and, and make up our mind to be faithful this is what Jesus said. He said, when I return to the earth, shall I find stained glass and steeples and world religions by the dozens and all kinds of religious activity and paraphernalia? No, he said, when I return to the earth, shall I find faith? And that word for faith, pistis in the Greek, means fidelity. It means faithfulness. Are we going to be faithful? Are we fighting right now as Christians? Are we earnestly contending? Before the first generation of Christians had passed, there was a call to be single-minded as we fight the good fight of faith and fight for the faith. Amen. It is, it is written, I suppose it's needful that I write unto you that you earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That earnestly contend means put up a real fight. Amen. You got to fight the good fight of faith. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world, according to Ephesians 6 and verse 10. And we're told to take the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God has made it available. Spiritual armor, friend of mine, and part of that means girding up the loins of our mind, making up our mind, filling our mind and heart with the word 
of God. Hallelujah. And then declaring the word of God to be true and declaring the circumstance to be a liar, declaring the prognosis to not be true in light of the promise of God in his word and the person who made it. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that my mom and dad uh, didn't let the doctor's prognosis, though it was true, According to the natural scheme of things, I had leukemia. It was verified. It was cancer of the blood. I would have died before I got nine years of age. It was in such a stage. There was no bone marrow therapy. There was no modern uh, approaches to this. Many, many children are dying with all of the modern medicines and medical procedures. Uh, listen. But my mom and dad didn't give up. They took me to a church that believed in divine healing and that it was for today and the day of miracles are not over. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. Hallelujah. And God healed a child that would have been dead. The prognosis of the doctor was accurate. I did have cancer of the blood. I did have leukemia. I didn't have long to live. In fact, the 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 advice of the doctor was to uh, uh, just make me comfortable. I was going to get weaker and weaker. My liver was affected. I was jaundiced and and get me admitted a poor family without insurance they could admit me to the county hospital it's a nice hospital now oh it's a big hospital it is a, a good hospital but back when i was growing up back in in the early 50s when i was growing up born in 47 amen it was a dingy gray walled dark <laughs> old place and it looked like something out of a Stephen King horror movie honestly and that's where I would have ended up except God intervene except this fire fall my mother was not a Christian but she was desperate for something to save her son and she went to church with my dad who was a Christian at the time and in that meeting, they were praying for the sick. And I'm going to tell you, when the fire falls, <laughs> amen, the supernatural is made manifest. For the fire is literally not Pentecostal zeal. It can cause us to be very zealous. It's not mere emotionalism. Amen. You know what it is? It's that glory that attends the manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. It's what, it's what Isaiah saw. In Isaiah 6, I went into the temple and I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Praise God. That bright glory. And, and the glory was so bright, the Shekinah, that angels that ministered in his presence were special angels. They had three pair of three sets of wings on their celestial bodies. And with two, they did move about. But with the other two, they covered their faces and the other two, they covered their feet. They were wearing robes, but their face and feet were exposed and they had to cover that part of themselves by reason of that glory that was being made manifest 
and the fact that when the Holy Spirit came, the manifest presence of God was manifest in human beings when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Friend of mine, it's time to make up our mind. How halt we between two opinions? If the Lord is truly God, we need to serve Him with wholeheartedness and single-minded devotion. Not just weak emotion. Emotions come and go. They'll make you double-minded. Devotion will set you. Hallelujah. Like Jesus set Himself to go to the cross. The Scripture said He set His face like a flint. Amen. There was nothing Nothing was going to deter him from completing the mission that God had given him to complete. Oh, dear friend of mine, this is no time for double-mindedness. This is a time to be single-minded. Amen. Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15 says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And verse 15, listen. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. In other words, don't be double-minded. But as for me, and my house, <laughs> we will serve the Lord. I know the look he got when he called God's people to repentance and single-mindedness. I've seen that look before out of people who were supposed to be sold out to Christ, supposed to be totally dedicated to Jesus, who would stand up and say the Bible is the Word of God. Amen. They hear it. They need to heed it. Amen. The Bible literally said we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. Amen. We've got a lot of Bible teaching today. We need a, a lot more. And Bible preaching. We need a lot more Christians who are true disciples, committed to follow Jesus Christ. And when we make up our mind to make up our mind. Hallelujah. Amen. We're, we're going to see a transformation in our life and a dedication that is going to keep us close to God in the midst of the falling away that I believe wholeheartedly just looking and reading and seeing the, the numbers of people who are, who are not, who, who may wear a little cross around their neck, but are not taking up their cross and following Jesus Christ. It's just going to take more than a bumper sticker, isn't it? Amen. It's going to take more than just, just affiliating with a Christian denomination. It's going to take more than most Christians, I'm afraid, realize to not be caught up in the rip current that is going to begin to pull us away from the faith and pull us away from our Lord and Savior and cause us to be caught like that wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. You see, rip currents want to take you out to sea, away from safety. Oh, friend of mine, 
I'm so glad that God is calling us to be close to Him today. I like what C.H. Spurgeon said, commenting on Jesus, setting His face like a flint, becoming so single-minded, determined to go to the cross and die for us. Even having the power to say no in the garden, having the power to call angels to deliver him from that cross, and yet he stayed on that cross until it was accomplished. Here's what Spurgeon said in light of that, O you redeemed ones, on whose behalf this strong resolve was made, you who have been bought by the precious blood of this steadfast, resolute Redeemer, Come and think a while of him that your hearts may burn within you and that you, that your faces may be set like flints to live and die for him who lived and died for you. God is calling us to make a commitment to him in light of his commitment to us, literally to love him back the way that he loved us today. This is the challenge. This is the call of God to every child of God. If you are on the fence, it's time to get off the fence because you can't stay on it. I like what Vance Havner said as we close today. He said, worldly Christian, worldly Christian, you might as well talk about a heavenly devil. You can't serve two masters according to Jesus Christ. In other words, you cannot and you must not be double-minded. Amen. And that's why we are called to make our calling and our election sure to examine ourselves and see if we be in the faith. And today is a day of decision. And there are millions in the valley of decision. I pray that you will choose to follow Jesus, that that little, little song, that little phrase, I have decided to follow Jesus, I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Hallelujah. And they that endure to the end shall be saved. Is Jesus going to find faith when he returns? He's going to find it in me. How about you? I'm not afraid that he's going to see some. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I'm going on toward that. But I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. No one is. But we should be pursuing that perfection that's going to be completed when he appears and we're changed in a moment the twinkling of an eye. Today, dear friend, is a day of decision. Make Jesus the Lord of your life and never look back, for His coming is soon. And if you don't know Jesus today, you are in the valley of decision. And the choice you make about this particular issue has eternal consequences. You're going to live somewhere forever. You sure aren't going to live here forever. Amen. And tomorrow is not guaranteed, but eternity is. Choose to repent of your sin right now. 
Run to Jesus. Don't run from Jesus. Settle. Settle it in your heart. Settle it in your mind. I'm going to heaven. (laughs) I'm not going to hell. I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to serve the devil. Amen. And let him keep you in this very dangerous, dangerous day. In Jesus' name.